welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me after one of our uh, becoming all too regular le- long layoffs is Josh Cotro. Josh, how you doing? I mean, it's always good to come back to a win, right? Yeah. Um, especially after we've had a, the last few games have been a little bit less than desirable, right? Even in, even the one the win that they had, you're just like, eh, you know, good it's game. Right, so, yeah. 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 But there's only so much you can really take from it. But this one, you know, given this is one of those situations where you went, you went, you went to it with a strategy, and it, everything worked to plan for the most part. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and even the one that you give up was was fluky. It was less so much like, oh man, we really got outplayed there. Right. Like the last game yeah. in San Jose, they had a they had a build up goal that just was, you know, was as pretty as anything I've ever seen. You know, in Major League Soccer. But mm-hmm. you know, tonight there was never any of those clear cut chances. You know, everyone everyone dug dug in deep and you know had a good game. Um, you know, it's good to have McCarthy back after you know a little bit of a scare in that RSL game as well, as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, said a lot a lot to look forward to, and again, I think it it now continues to speak volumes about the handling of the club as a whole, yeah. and and what yeah. it means for the future. Yeah, it, it's a uh, it's a promising sign to get back on the horse in this way, where you finally lose a game this season to San Jose a couple of weeks ago, right? We come out and we tie. Um, who was that that we tied last week? SKC. SKC. That's right. Then you beat RSL, right? Uh, you get a win against Monterey uh, with all the kids. Um, and so it seems like things are starting to like rebuild again after that loss. Not that you really needed to. Everything was working fine. It's not like uh, it's not like anything had to be severely retooled. But with all the injuries mounting and then the loss and, you know, and again, I think the draw to SKC, then you're kind of like, oh, gosh, what's going to happen? Um, and you come out and you rotate again against San Jose, who are like the team that we always rotate them in Vancouver, right? Um, and this time you get a, uh, a pretty big result, I'd say, headed into a stretch where you play another El Trafico in a tournament, right? Uh, we have Open Cup next week, and then you roll into CCL. And hopefully hopefully we get a few more guys back healthy. I do think there are some holes in the starting lineup uh, based, on, based on some injuries right now. Um, but the depth looks okay. Not, again... Not perfect. It's never going. The depth is never going to be perfect for any team, much less a salary capped uh, team like LAFC and in, in MLS. Um, but yeah, two one win. Buke gets a great goal at the beginning of the of the night. Like I think it was the third minute officially that he scored that in. Um, may the Brian Rodriguez comparisons, curses, whatever you want to call them, die. Um, the kid is fine. He's just a kid. He's a hard worker, uh, and he's getting it done. I think that's two goals this year for him in what isn't a whole lot of minutes. Um, San Jose gets a really fluky goal that we can talk about later, and then Vela draws and converts a penalty in the 94th minute. So uh, solid win. LAFC are now top of the table in the West, Josh. With two games in hand at that, right? Two games in hand over Seattle. Yeah. So... <laughs> 
the thing is, the thing I've come to appreciate about Steve Trenello is these ugly wins, right? Yeah. Like, who cares how it gets done? But it's gonna, you're gonna get it done, right? And that is a far cry from those moments where we would be up five, five one, and somehow make it five four, yeah. or you know, it's like a different kind of win ugly, right? Like, you know, there's <laughs> Bob, I mean, I can't, Bob was win big pretty, and then. Eventually, you you either draw or win very narrowly, ugly. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, how many how many times did we just have leads that they would blow, or whatever it may be over the course of the, all know, the time Bob's tenure, where you're just like you never felt safe, right? Yeah. And from a from a defensive standpoint, it's weird to be it's weird to feel as comfortable as I do with a one with a one with a, with a one nothing lead. Right. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. get a fluky goal, but I didn't. I never really felt anxious in the same way that I do. You know, like that you you know that you do for whatever reason during any kind of galaxy game. Right. It's just the the nature of the of the matchup just happens to bring yeah. out the worst in everyone. Um, but yeah, so it's not like it's not the fluky stuff you're expecting. But again, you're also like not. I never feel like we're waiting for a catastrophe. <laughs> Yeah, is you're not. It's like I just remember so many times there'd be like you're up one zero in Colorado and you give up a set piece goal in Mm -hmm. the 90th minute or some of that. You know, well, and then like if you give up that 90th minute goal a couple of years ago, you're gonna give up another one. mm -hmm. Like that's the way it would go. Like the the team would just collapse completely. Uh, And like you said, it was a very fluky goal. In that, I don't even think whoever. It was on San Jose that hit it. I don't think he was aiming for the goal. I don't think he meant to put it where he did even. Um, McCarthy is completely flat-footed, which is unacceptable. He, you got to be ready as a goalkeeper. Uh, a little bit out of position, unable to cover that back post as a result. But it was just kind of this weird second phase of a corner. Now, what I will say is that the second phase of set pieces especially tonight. Um, but I do think it's becoming more and more of a trend with LAFC's two phase set pieces are starting to undo them a little bit more. They do a great job of if the ball's whipped in, Hey, we're going to stay in a zone or, you know, or we're going to man mark this time and we're going to win that ball. Like they, they win. It seems like every single ball in on a corner or a set piece, they win it. But what I so often times, and biting my fingernails over is the fact that then nobody comes out to win that second ball. Now, maybe that's by design. I don't know. Maybe that's what the stats say you're supposed to do is actually you, even on that second phase, you stay in your zones and still defend the next ball in. Cause you know, it's coming right back in. Maybe that's what you're supposed to do. According to the data, I would love for somebody with a press pass. If you're listening to the show to ask about that, um, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Uh, but that that was one thing that when you say like never really felt worried, that was one thing that was concerning to me throughout the game. And then when it happened, it's kind of like, yeah, I we're kind of due for one of those, right? But like you said, you don't have the same fear that the team is going to crumble. And credit to Steve, 10 minutes later, he's like, all right, Bawanga, Tillman, and Vela, you're all subbing in, right? We're gonna chase this. We're gonna chase a victory for the next 30 minutes. Um, so even though, uh, even though San Jose were able to equalize, Steve is not just saying, "Well, 
we tried to get the win. We thought we had it, but we're just going to see this one out. Now we're going to, we're going to try and retake that lead. I mean, the, the reality of MLS, right. Is that your, your due mishaps yeah. in the, on, on the back end, right? Yeah. It happens, especially when you're just not spending the level of money that you would, mm-hmm. you would want to across the back line. Now the question just becomes at what frequency do the, do those things occur? Right. And if you can cut it down, you know, by half, that's yeah. a good sign. This team feels like they've cut it out even more so, you know. But <clears throat> yeah, to continue to continue to um, continue on that one, I do think on that particular pass or yeah, whatever that what that ball in, you, I feel like McCarthy misjudges the spin on the ball. You can tell that he was expecting it to to probably kick a little bit more, and then it just didn't. Yeah, yeah. right, and you know. It happens, right? Like I said, I mean, how many times it's, how many times have we seen guys, you know, Sean Johnson, right? Just kind of pick up the ball into the net. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it, it's, again, it's, it's one of these things where it's, it's fun to be, it's fun to um, be picky mm-hmm. about these things. But in the, when in the grander scheme of things, you really consider the totality of the league, man. It is right, it is a right. privilege to be a fan of this team at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's similar to like uh, maybe not a maybe it doesn't feel so privileged right now to be a fan, but watching watching LeBron go up for like a wide open reverse dunk the other night, and he just throws it out of bounds, right? Like mm-hmm. as he's kind of gathering the ball to go up for this dunk, he just throws it out of bounds. Like weird things do happen, and it sucks that the one time one of those weird things happens, the ball happens to be headed into the net because that's not always the case in, in soccer, right? It's so infrequent that the ball is headed in that direction and that the, that the mistake happens too. So just unfortunate, but yeah, but I mean, um, it's hard. Like I said, it with, it really is too hard to be overly concerned about anything yeah, that's happened yeah. over the last few years because, you know, at literally, I think once, once this, once that Philadelphia CCL second leg finished three nil, mm-hmm. right? All you were hoping for is to hopefully get out unscathed, which hasn't happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you also obviously want to make it. You know, your goal was to stay in rhythm, stay in form, stay right? healthy, regardless of and stay healthy regardless of the results heading into CCL. probably yeah. the most the biggest two matches in the club's history. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, because again, you have a chance now to do something that has never been done. For, by no. I mean, again, obviously Seattle was the first, the first team to, you know, to win, to win CCL, you know, and also invent soccer while they were at it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but you can, Seattle, you can but, win a big time treble. The treble that you would win if should it be CCL would be bigger than Toronto's, where yeah. Toronto won the Shield, the Cup, and the Canadian Championship, Canadian whatever, right? Where they go and beat up on teams that they should be playing against anyway. Like Canada should have its own league, um, but they don't. Well, Canada does have its own league, but the other teams don't play in it, right? This is what I'm getting at. Um, so yeah, this this kind of like little little trophy that they won in Canada, but LAFC can do can win those same big two trophies and then 
the biggest of them all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so and still compete massive. for the one at the end of the year as well. Yeah, I mean, right? that, that's the crazy if you, thing. If you win on Tuesday, you're still in it for the, for the Open Cup too. Yeah. Well, not even, I mean, that it's like by this point in, in getting to this Champions League final, most teams have already shot themselves in the foot that you'll never even yeah, recover yeah. for for the playoffs. Look Yet, at Seattle last year. Seattle yeah. won CCL, right, and didn't make the playoffs for like their first time in in franchise history. Mm-hmm. Versus now, LAFC is on the verge of getting there, or is is has made it to the game, right? You hope, yeah. you know, obviously we're we're hoping that they take care of business. Yet at the same time, when you look at the standings, what we're in first place. They are in first place with two games in hand. Yep. I mean, only Cincinnati has a better, has is better on points. Um, they've got thirty points, I think. LFC's mm-hmm. got twenty five. But has Cincinnati played all their games? Their thirteen matches played were or were one game ahead on Cincinnati. I think, yeah, yeah. So still, still more points per game at Cincinnati, but not playing all these competitions, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I, it, it's a great time to be an LFC fan, like we always say. Um. Let's go through some of the uh, performances tonight. First for me is Eric Duenas, who um, for various reasons is looking more and more to be the real deal. Now, when I say the real deal, I, I don't know what that means. Like, I'm not exactly sure. I, 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 I can't tell you where a ceiling is yet. Nobody really can, right? We can all, we can all pretend we know, but we don't. Um, but he looks like he has juice in the league, at least as like a rotational type player. Um, a couple of things that really impressed me. He had a turn on one of the midfielders today where he left him on the ground and like turned into space, uh, was able to drive the ball forward as a result. And then at the end of the second half, granted, he's got plenty of space to do it. But the way that he picks up a ball around our 18 and then drives and does so while carrying the ball. He's pulling away from every defender around him. Now, again, he's not having to slice and dice people on the run, It's it, but it's me watching him carry the ball at that speed, being able to run away from defenders. It's like, okay, this is an 18-year-old kid who's out there running away from grown men, right? Uh, and... Those grown men for San Jose were giving LAFC a lot of fits physically, um, both tonight and two weeks ago. So to see to see Duenas also have it physically, as well as like the kind of like technical midfield stuff, being able to turn, having a soft touch, even though he has a bad touch that ends up with Christian Espinosa putting one off the post, right? Um, being able to like having good vision and playing smart passes, uh, he. Josh, this might be this might be a long term solution to midfield depth. Yeah, I mean, when when an an academy player graduates into any first team, regardless on where you are in the world, right? At bare minimum, your your hope and expectation, yeah, is that they can come in and not make you worse, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Our, our bare minimum is that you're not Andre Orta and back pass your way into LAFC Infamy. being, a, being yeah. a part of LAFC's history. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, and again, the hope generally 
is that they can come in and spell the first team. Yeah. You know, yeah. and do their thing. Best case scenario, or not best case, your your better than better than average case scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Is that you end up with a Christian Roldan type of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? A guy that becomes a a Tam level Tam level guy that, you know, does his thing. And obviously your best case scenario is that they're Ricardo Pepe and you get sold for a bunch of money and yeah. You know, that yeah. you don't that you didn't spend previously, right? You don't have to go out right. and buy a guy for five, you know, and then pay a twenty percent sell on fee, you know, and then you you know, you sell them yeah. for twenty, but yeah. you know, you really only get five because MLS is taking their fifty percent cut. Mm-hmm. Um so that's where, you know, like I said, when you look at a guy like Duenas, I'm still not quite, like you said, I'm, I'm with you. I don't know what his ceiling is quite yet, right? But there's enough there to tell me that the floor is very high. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's it. The floor's high. And like, there's nothing there where you're like, ah, this kid just doesn't have it, mm-hmm. right? He just, it, it, this isn't there, right? There's a couple of things that aren't there. Like, he never stands out for the wrong reason, mm-hmm. right? He, again, he will do things that surprise you, not because, oh, there's an 18-year-old kid doing something clever. It's just like, oh, that was a, that was a clever turn. Oh, that was a good ball. Who played that? Oh, Duaneus? Is that those blue cleats running around again? Yeah, that's Duaneus again. Who's that pulling away from all those defenders? Oh, it's Duaneus again, right? Those kind of things are where I go, oh, this kid, like, the only time I'm ever like, who is that in the blue cleats? It's because they did something good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah, a, and it, and interesting he, to watch. And he has, again, I, it, at this age, it's hard to truly predict out what what physically it's going to look like. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. does he, you know, does he put, you know, what does he end up being, you know, by the time he's 26? I don't know. I mean, he's 5'4", buck 30. So I don't, I don't think he's going to be. I don't for think sure, be but huge. I don't, you know. But I mean, again, you don't. Need, he doesn't need to be six. No, I don't need no, him to be six two. He doesn't. Right. He doesn't. It's more the. It's more a matter of does he does elite level is he elite level speed? Yeah, is he, right, right, right. You know, upper. You know, like MLS best eleven speed. Right. Yeah. yeah. Is he world class speed? I don't know. Right, like those are the things that I think you you gotta you leave room to develop, but man, when I see the what I see in him is so the same thing that I saw from Opoku that first game in CCL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that that the work that they are willing to put in tells me that they're that the best is yet to come. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because again, there's some guys when you when you watch them and you're like, hmm, okay, this is about what you're gonna get. Yeah. Right. Because you can also tell that the effort isn't quite one that tells me that they're going to get much better than where they are right now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, Dwayne is like, how many times the guy's willing, he's willing to get stuck in. He's not afraid of a confrontation, right? He's going to, you know, his work rate is through the roof, right? The same things that we said about Apoku that took him from random guy they signed at the end of the year to, you know, a, you know, a, fairly right you know a fairly regular starter now right yeah, or at least yeah. a part of your heavy part of your rotation right, right right so in every game he plays every match right yes whether he's a sub or a starter he's gonna he's gonna play minutes that night mm-hmm. so you know for duenas right you hope that you know if he's your fourth midfielder 
or not fourth, fifth, if he's your fifth midfielder, I'm pretty confident. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. you know, like I said, with Sifu, you know, like you're, I think we're fairly set with our midfield being Tillman, Acosta, and and Ilié. Yeah. Right? And then that fourth midfielder, you hope that, you know, you get, you, you're able to bring someone in that gives you something a little bit different, maybe a little bit more attacking, you know, a little bit cleaner on the ball. And then you have a Duenas who's kind of that, all purpose, all yeah. purpose. Kellen Acosta role, right? right. Yeah, I, I, do think, I do think they missed Kellen Acosta. Uh, I do think the midfield transition to defense has a lot to do with, again, kind of that same thing: defending second phase set pieces, coming out and applying pressure to the ball. Um, a lot of shots from the top of the eighteen, which is again, we'd rather have those than tap ins along the six, right? Um, but it seems like. Th- San Jose were afforded a lot of time at the top of the box, uh, similar to the SKC goal, where there's not a whole lot of pressure put on. Aaron Long comes out. He doesn't even attempt to make a tackle. He just stands in front of him. Uh, I think it was, who was it that was dribbling that ball for SKC? Johnny Russell. It was Russell, yeah. He just kind of gets in front of him, right? Never makes a tackle. And then Palencia comes over. And 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 basically screened him. Yeah. Set a pick on his own guy. So it's that's that's the kind of stuff that worries me when I watch this team defensively. Now again, uh, it's better than pressing too high and having them get through and playing passes back. But when I see when I see a midfield struggle to apply pressure to the ball at the top of the eighteen, then it's like okay, maybe like Kellen Acosta probably needs to be healthy again yeah. for us to really take it to teams. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why. Right, you you pay Acosta and Ilya what you do. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's because absolutely. they're they are they're the engine room, truly yeah. that make that make that make it all work. And again, a lot of what they do doesn't ever show up on the score sheet, right? But yeah. it's it's work rate, it's positioning, it's doing all those little things, right? It's that that Xavi Alonso effect from back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. when you look at that that Spanish national team, right? Of course, the guys that get the 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 biggest plaudits were going to be the David Villas of the world, right? The Fernando Torres, you know, whoever, you know, the Busquets. But that yeah. guy who you know did all the random stuff that no one ever paid attention to, but was so vital to what that Spanish team did, was Alonso, yeah. right? Because he just just has a feel for the game in a way that very few players do. And like I said, Ilya is that, you know, that is probably the epitome of that, right? Where it's like, there's zero wasted effort from Ilya. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of float in the right positions. You see him, he'll hit, you know, he'll hit, turn it on when he needs to, but it's a very efficient approach. It's you all know? clean. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of the opposite of what you get from Sifu, which is just, um, a bit helter skelter and highs and lows, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's either going to be absolutely brilliant or just abysmal. <laughs> and Ilya is just like Mister Even Keel. Uh, it's always going to be the right thing with with Ilya. Uh, I do, I do, man. I do wonder about Sifu. Uh, I can't tell if it's mentality or if we just kind of saw something last year during that stretch where he went on a on a tear. I think it was last June, or was that the June? Was that two Junes ago? I can't remember. Um, 
where he was, it was like eight goals in a month or something mm-hmm. like that. It was the in no, it was that 2021, 2021 season. Okay. Okay. And it was just like, he was just on a tear. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like, everybody's, you know, he was an all-star best 11 type of thing. Um, but we just haven't ever seen that again from him. But you see, you see flashes, right? In the first half, he plays this ball from hour 18 through to a Poku that I, I'm not sure how he fit it in. A Poku takes a terrible touch as he is wont to do and nothing comes of it. Right. And then in the second half, he comes out of nowhere in the press, picks off a ball and starts driving. He's basically behind all the San Jose defenders. And then for some reason slows down when Marcin, when Marcinkowski comes out and is this then just promptly dispossessed because he can't get a shot off. And so it's, it, I think like seeing him do so many excellent things and then so many poor things all in the same game all the time is just like it's kind of confusing to me. I mean, it's kind of the epitome of his career thus far. Yeah. Right. And for it's like the highs are very high and the lows are very low. Yeah. Right. Versus what you, which when there, when that's a forward, it's probably a little bit more tolerable. When it's a midfielder, it hurts you quite a bit because you just lack that stability. Right. Especially when you compare it to a Tillman, Tillman, Acosta, Ilya midfield, which is, really just there to work very hard just like three mr reliables in there right absolutely right and, but and that's the thing like if you ask me which of those which of those four midfielders is going to be the one against the galaxy to show up randomly and score a headed goal it's like well it's going to be sifu right mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's going to be the one he's going to be the one to show up out of nowhere and do something absolutely incredible um man he's he's kind of enigmatic like that if, what a, what like what an interesting uh player to watch and then you know like a link to brighton link to here link to this place and now it's like oh rangers okay what honestly rangers like scottish football seems about right for him to be totally honest with you yeah i mean it seems if he plays well enough he could probably get a move to a lower end league on or bundesliga side yeah that, yeah right? And but, I mean, I, I I also want to say like, be prepared for like a three to five million dollar transfer. That's yeah. probably what you're looking at. Five on the high side. If they get more than five, I'll be thrilled. But yeah, versus what we were thinking, fifteen to twenty. Yeah, I mean that ago. was like right at the height when when guys were going crazy uh, for bi- like bigger numbers two two years ago. And again, when he was coming off of like this crazy week or crazy month, I mean. Um, and then at the beginning of the year, it's kind of like, ah, maybe they'll get 10 to 12, but I mean, I, I really don't, you know, three to five. And I I think LFC has to move them at this point as well. They can't, they can't keep them any longer. Well, I mean, you risk just losing him altogether right on a free if you let it get to January. So I think he'd, in this particular case, you kind of like favors were done across the board, especially you you know, with a favorable price. Um, you know, because he's also a guy that has the you know has the potential to go off and make someone overpay for him, right? Like, absolutely. If he performs well for Rangers, somebody will overpay mm-hmm. for him. Whether yeah. or not whether or not that actually leads to consistent effort and whatever it may be is, remains to be seen. That Scottish but, football doesn't matter. Yeah, 
you only play like one or you only play one or two really good clubs, right? When when you play for Rangers, um, so he can have inconsistent performances against I don't know Hearts or where our Aberdeen, whoever, right? Yeah, and he's gonna look he's gonna look incredible. So yeah. Anyway, um, okay. Um, who else should we talk about here? I felt like everybody else was kind of. I thought Bogic played good. He continues to be the one between between him and the other young European uh, player. I I think Bogic has probably has uh, more in him right now than Buke does. Um, Palacios had a good game. Palencia played well at center back, which was surprising to me. Um, overall, a, a pretty solid performance from everybody. Not again, not perfect, um, but it's a rotated squad. Against I will say full strength San Jose. Maldonado has recovered very well after playing very poorly against San Jose the first time around, right? Yeah. I, I do wonder how much that has to do with his center back partner there. No, for sure. Yeah. Right. Like I honestly um, don't know. I, yeah. I, I haven't I, seen enough. But of even him still. even when he was playing with Long before Long went down, I think, you know, he, he I think that RSL game did him some good, right? <laughs> like Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think he's willing to play passes that that long oh, wouldn't even dare. Possession, yeah, right, which yeah. is good. Um, you know, and then defensively, right, he's been tremendous in the air as of late. You know, especially because he's our only center back that can actually get up <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, I've been I've been pleasantly surprised with how he's how he's recovered and how he's been playing. Um, and then, like you were saying, with the rest of the guys, you know, again, just a solid performance at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so LAFC, we have to get this in. LAFC are at the top of the table in the West. Galaxy are at the bottom, Josh. How long will all these media- mediocre American coaches keep their jobs? And let's just go ahead and list a few of them that are just having abysmal seasons Greg Vanny Peter Vermees Bob Bradley Josh Wolf I'm sure I'm missing some here but those four like stick out like sore thumbs to me uh, in terms of like these American coaches that are just around and I mean seemingly are untouchable the every evolution of major league soccer has started to kind of un unfurl right it, it continues to expose the guys that i'm not sure had it right mm-hmm. in the sense that it's like if you're not able to adapt you're never going to be able to you know succeed and you know i think bob has adapted his tactics from what it used to be right like man like og bob for the national team was yeah yeah right let's just bunker and get stuck in right yeah it's like it's like back when Mourinho was doing his thing in that same way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously yeah. Bob had Bob's Bob's evolved to a certain degree but is almost mm-hmm. ma- too married to the philosophy at this point to manage a team properly to victory. Yeah. yeah. Right. Where, you know, you know, cuz again, I think my my favorite thing about Torrenlo is has been his pragmatism and ability to just understand the moment and the situation and, to, and then 
simultaneously get the guys to buy into yeah yeah understanding the moment and the situation as opposed to you know like i think he's done a really good job of keeping people's heads out of the future mm-hmm. and to be present versus like i said if you look at some of these guys right it's just it's rehashing the same stuff over and over and over again yeah yeah right yeah Let's so pick, I, I think you're right about pick mls buzzword yeah. of the day and one of those coaches will do something that's similar yeah. to whatever they're talking about. Josh Wolf is a, is like the perfect example of like what U.S. soccer is trying to do, like the pretend positional play that they that they implemented with Greg Berhalter. Like that's Josh Wolf, right? It's all the same thing. Uh, Bob had a different identity with what he was doing. Um, so I at LAFC that is out of that like four three three possession based model. Um, but the way that they pressed and counterattacked was different. Um, yeah. So Austin FC looks to me like a generic USSF soccer team, just like the USMNT looked under Greg Berhalter. Greg Vanny, I, I couldn't tell you what I couldn't tell you what malfunction he has going on. It I seems mean, to be it's I think it's bigger than him, but that roster is not that bad. And the fact oh. that like the fact that all the blame goes to goes to Klein is kind of comical to me, actually. Like I get it that they're not what they used to be, and before Klein they used to be better. And I don't think he's completely innocent. But when you look at that roster and you see them doing so poorly, like it has to reflect on the manager as well. Um and he just seems untouchable. And then Peter Vermees, like he's, you know, long been the guy at skc and they're just basement dwellers now yeah i mean obviously their failures coupled with lafc's rise right puts Klein in in a weird situation right in the sense where it's like i don't you're damned if you do damned if you don't because again it's it's not for lack of trying this is not right this is not the um the rapids just refusing to spend any money. Yeah, yeah. Because Kroenke right. is building a spaceship in downtown, in you know, in, in in L.A. and you know, and also has Arsenal to worry about or whatever maybe. Um, so you know, again, it's not it's not someone getting the short end of the stick by any means. Yeah, yeah. Right. But yeah, at the same time, you know, like it's when you look at what they do i just wonder to what extent everything they've just gotten passed by right i think i think that's it josh i i don't think i this is why i don't think chris klein is the problem i think the model is the problem and i think this is why you've seen things about mls instituting and yet another committee to help mls 1.0 teams step into the 21st century right where they can't just spend their way out of problems, which is what Galaxy have always done. It's always been that. Oh, San Jose has a good American player. Well, we're just gonna go get him, Landon Donovan, right? We're gonna go get we're gonna we're gonna force the league. Again, it's a move that I applaud and I'm grateful that the Galaxy Force, like we'll just go get David Beckham, right? Robbie Keane. We're just gonna go grab these guys and force the league to adapt to us in order to raise the standard. And that was back when the league was much smaller and nobody else was willing to spend that money. Nobody else really could spend that money. 
And those days are over. You can't just go get Douglas Costa and Chicharito and think it's going to work out for you. It's just not. You have to have something better. Um, so it, the fact that – I don't know. I, maybe maybe Will Kuntz is able to like help them see the error of their ways. I hope not. I don't like – I don't care. I hope they continue to lose for the rest of forever, right? Uh, wooden spoon contenders every year. That's fine with me. Um, but it's a good time to be an LFC fan, Josh, because everything is looking up on this side of, of the freeway. Yeah. I mean, again, honestly, put Trundle in that situation, and I think he has them in the top five. Yeah. Now, yeah. as the Douglas Costa was a, a big mistake. Yeah. No doubt about it. But you have some talent. But I I do think there's some inflexibility about how what Vermees I mean that Vermees what what he wants and versus what they get. Yeah. Right. 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 And again, like the, the thing that you have to appreciate most about Steve, right, is it's like, okay. Like our philosophy has not and will not change, right? But there's a few things that we can work on to make this team dangerous. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he said it from the very beginning, right? It's like, I believe in the game model. I'm working with John Thorrington. I think we can be more dangerous in transition, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there you go. And now they are. Mm hmm. Right. So there's, I think, again, as a, as a coach, a lot of times, you know, there's times where you can overcoach. Yeah. Right. And then there's times where you can undercoach. Right. You can't always just sit back and let it work. Right. But yeah. at the same time, you can't always micromanage the team either. Mm-hmm. Right. Because again, you're going to create res- different issues and resentments all over the place. I mean, so as well as they're playing, look at what's going on with Kevin De Bruyne and, and Pep right now. Mm-hmm. Right. They're gonna. They're likely gonna win the Champions League, right? And we don't know what's gonna happen with that team. Gundogan's he's walking for free, right? And De Bruyne seems to be at a at a flashpoint with Pep. So Gundogan's walking for free, and we have a coach that's (laughs) tied into the into the German system. This is honestly not why I brought it up, but. With go on, you know, <laughs> with a tam with a bunch of tam probably likely headed your way. Yeah, yeah. I'm not mad about it if that's your guy. <laughs> I I do think though that Tillman Tillman did a lot to not have to really do a whole lot there, right? Like yeah, I re- got, I, I, I really just want a backup six. Yeah, that's it. That's Give me it. someone that. I need a ball-winning six to complement what Ilya does. Yeah. So, yeah, whoever that may be, make your way to LAFC. Because, again, I think that's that's probably that last, you know, like when Ilya comes out of the game, either I need a guy that's just a true destroyer or I need a or you need a complement. As per current, you don't really have either one at the six. We yeah, have I mean, you got to Acosta, right? And Acosta's hurt. So Yeah, yeah but even Acosta is not... not a, yeah doesn't really do the things that Ilya does. No, no. Nor is he the complete opposite either. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, Acosta is a is a perfect partner to Ilya. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't think he's a re- replacement in by any means. Yeah, yeah. Right, because yeah. again, you see what happened. Like the midfield is very weird when it's Acosta, Sifu, and Tillman. Yeah, it doesn't they do a lot of things that don't make sense? Right, right. that would make perfect sense if Ilya is in there. So if you're gonna tell me that we're gonna go out and get, I don't know, James Milner. As you're, I'm not going to tell you that they're going to get him, that they're going to get him. No, at your six, I, I don't know. I mean, I again, I just want I need a guy who's a competent six. Um, that's not Dax McCarty. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's going to be another six. I think they'll sign another. They'll move Sifu and and sign somebody similar, and then maybe another forward. So even with Duenas showing out at the eight, yeah, yeah, I think so. Because Steve has started to play Duenas a lot. Because it's like you said yourself, right? He's your fifth midfielder. Yeah. It allows you, so, and it keeps Chris Ostomo off, right? If you just sign one more and everybody's healthy, it keeps Chris Ostomo with LAFC too. That's how I see it. But anyway. Yeah. But again, if, but if, here's the thing is if Duenas is your, is your, your third eight, do we really want another eight? Yeah. Probably <laughs> because I think, I think you gamble on the fact, like I think if you can get somebody that has a similar thing to Kellen Acosta where he can play both ways, maybe then that's what you go with. But I think, I think they're married to the idea. Yeah, I, again, you and me from two and a half years ago, when we first started this three years ago, however long it was right. I'm right there with you, man. I agree. Go get another six, but dude, I, I'm just not convinced. That's how they, that's how they build their team anymore and I don't I don't think they ever will so even though that it might be what I do and I'd be like yeah you know what if you have a backup to to Elie then you leave Acosta and Tillman there and Duaneus is your back is your third fine but like the way that they handle the fullbacks and they have all these kind of swing positions and the way that they treat the number nine spot it's kind of like I just don't know that they will I don't know yeah I mean I just I, again I could just worry that you're going to run him into the ground I agree. And really is far too important <laughs> to have him, you know, to yeah. not have something, right, or someone that can better competently spell what he does. Um, even if it's use that third, you know, use your U22 initiative spot now for that, right? Go out yeah. and find someone, yeah. you know, because I believe Bogut is not a U22 signing, correct? I think, I think, I, yeah, I think you're right, yeah. So... Yeah, so to have just another guy that you know, again, we just need him to get either get either get stuck in, or at least play positionally smart. That's all. You know, I feel like that's that's probably that last little piece to just make sure that you are hedging your bets. Yeah, yeah, you know, if you will. All right, let's get into some questions here. First one is from at Yo Yo Torre sixty six Boo San Jose. To that we can all agree. Uh, Jerry Reynoso, LFC rest four key players and get the W. I'll call that four points. Josh, can you explain this math to me? Because <laughs> I'm struggling. <laughs> I mean, I think I get the idea, but yeah, I guess if given what you were probably hoping for when you started this, it's something around there. <laughs> That's what I'm going to go with. It's like, so it's far too late than, in the evening to actually try and do any kind of math. So I'm going to say it's yeah. like mission more than anything. I think mission was mission accomplished to get to 
this last week, right? With yeah. the exception, obviously, with all the center back injuries. But I guess you're going to get Mario. If you can get Mario and Chiellini back, at least even for the home leg, then I think you're is in good like, Is like what, uh, when you're playing Monopoly, Josh, and you draw a chance card and it's bank error in your favor, collect $10? Yeah, is that more like, or less? You found you found unexpected money. Is that, is mm-hmm. that the equivalent? Okay, now I'm tracking. I'm right there with you, Jerry. Okay, Tom Camilleri. Do you think Rangers notice how much Sifu stops the game when he has the ball anywhere near the 18 hole? Tom, Tom, bringing the heat. Uh, I'm sure Rangers has all the information that they need, and I hope they open the checkbook and make it rain. Um. Regarding Sifu around the 18, I, I don't I, I don't know if it's simply just he doesn't see the play developing fast enough. He hasn't he hasn't trained enough in front of goal. I don't know if it's not if it's just a slow release on his shots. But I agree. Once he starts getting up to the 18, things start to he had a great entry ball to, to Buke tonight for the assist, so that was good. Mm-hmm. I mean I feel Given the strides that MLS has made, right? You're really going to the to the Scottish Premier League to just be in proximity, so that way you can get that on the you know like you just want it just gives you an opportunity to get more eyes on you because of the time zones and all this other yeah right? yeah yeah um because it, to me from a from a actual talent perspective it may be fairly a lateral move at this point if not a slight step down unless I over, you're I think overall overall yeah. in the Scottish League yeah. I think you Rangers know, and Celtic are are probably running away from most MLS teams. Yeah, but, but that's yeah. but that you know that's the opportunity to get yourself in the shop window. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, like, I'm. I don't know if that, I don't want to say I'm happy to see him leave. <laughs> I'm happy to see him get what he wants. Yes. Right, like you said, if it, I, I want what I'm hoping for is a mutually beneficial, yeah, exit. Yeah, I mean, and it does, it does. I really do think there's something to the idea that LAFC have to prove that they can place guys in clubs and that they're going to go perform and they're going to get seen and sold on again. Like until LAFC really builds a more effective pipeline and MLS as a whole for that matter, builds a more effective pipeline, you're not going to see big transfer fees. It's just not going to happen. Um, yeah, so, because even Atlanta, who we thought were doing it the best, post Miguel Miron has not done as well in yeah, yeah. the same yeah. arena, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, who knows what the heck happened to Ezekiel Barco. <laughs> they mentioned him on some show yesterday, the other, I think it was last week. It was probably extra time. And I honestly didn't remember that he was still in the league. And I was like, oh, I I thought they sold him. Like I thought they moved on from that. Yeah. Because he was like the next big thing in like LAFC's first season in the league. Like, oh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Barco is gonna be the guy. Okay, whatever. I mean, at least Almada looks like he's he's the real deal. Yeah. yeah. And it actually looks and plays like he cares. Yeah. I think everybody knew that, though he was he was I th- if he felt more established than everybody else when he came. Yeah, and then he only, again, he as far as I understand, it only came to MLS because 
other teams were wary of his um, quote-unquote extracurricular behavior. Um, Allegedly. To use a euphemism for what he is is, is accused of doing. Uh, and so I, under different circumstances, he might not be an MLS at all. But yeah. anyway. Okay. Um, Somber Amarath. Walk it in FC nearly snatched defeat from the clutches of victory. We could not be comfortable with the amount of wasted opportunities that we generate. We got saved by a fluke handball in the box. That being said, we began strong and we were not, but we were not consistent. Yeah. I mean, this is fair. It's kind of what we talked about, right? Where um, you have plenty of opportunities. Apoku was through a couple of times. Buke was open a couple more times. Buke really loves to go to his right. He scores going to his right. When he finally goes to his left tonight, he ends up nutmegging somebody and putting a shot on goal. I'd love to see him go left a few more times. Um, you're going to waste a lot of opportunities when you play essentially like three 19-year-olds as your forwards because they're not going to make the greatest decisions in front of goal. But Yeah, I mean, you, think you take the result and you move on, really. Yeah. Right? It's like, don't read into it much. Yeah. Take it and go. Not a whole lot of conclusions to be drawn tonight. All right. Uh, Michael Kang beats 2018 to 21. Uh, LAFC would have lost the last two matches in the final moments. LAFC 2.0 comes away with four points instead of zero. Oh, I mean, we talked about this earlier, right? It's yeah, like, they're spot on, spot on, where they just they crumble, right? And they 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 just fall to pieces uh, and give away points, and that's just not them anymore. Uh, next one, Culver City Al Duenas looked solid. Josh, anything yeah. else that we didn't hit with him? High floor, you know. Ceiling remains to be seen. You can't, you can't ask for more when it comes to yeah. some of these academy guys coming in, right? It's it's yeah. He's everything you hope for, and then hopefully more. Yep. All right, Rancho at Keone Arikayos. Can we all adopt Ordaz? Let me tell you, he might need to be adopted because that kid is going to be broke with all the dinners he owes Bowanga after <laughs> missing him on that wide open goal at the end of the game, man. Oh, that pass, just not anything on it. And you were talking about Bowanga as a guy who very likely is going to be top two golden boot race, right? Um, so he needs every goal that he can get. But, man, uh, I, I do like him. I do like him a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, he, in the last game against SKC, right, like he he just does a lot of good things in terms of yeah, you know, yeah. How how he sets up? I think he's been slightly unfortunate to play on a LAFC two team that has no no one to finish any of the chances right, he creates. Right. So yep. you know, it's nice to see him get an opportunity where he, guys who are at a different caliber are able to get you know to do something with what he's. Yeah. You know, so despite he, you know, despite what LAFC two were able to do in the Open Cup, and Ordaz had. A phenomenal game in that, like the the chip on his shoulder in that game and the swagger with which he plays is like everything you want to see, right? Um, but they are there. LAFC two is a tough watch, man. I don't know if you tried to watch many of their games, but it is not easy. It is not easy. But Ordaz and Duenas, when he's down there, 
are a couple of the bright spots for sure. All right, Alan Kine, I think we got away with one tonight. Poor form and poor health, wasteful performances, and playing opponents back into games as we head into CCL final, a bit worried. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you're wrong to be worried. I think it's always good to be cautiously optimistic, even when things are going well. Um, but, man, I this team feels so much more secure, like Josh was saying, um, and they don't shut down when things go wrong. They keep fighting. Tarundolo tends to pull the right strings, um, and and they're able to keep chipping away and be effective. So I'm not overly worried. I'm I'm quite excited for CCL. Josh and I are going to the final um, in LA. We were able to get tickets, um, but yeah, Josh, are you worried? No, I mean obviously. The only the only thing is injury the injury bug right until you obviously you want to make sure guys get healthy, but with the amount of rotation, right? I'm actually pleasantly surprised to see now what you actually what more you have at your disposal because I think it gives you it just gives you more flexibility to do to do something different when you head down, you know, when you yeah. head into these next couple of games. Yeah. Right. Yep. It's, it's one thing if they're getting completely played off the park, but the guys that, you know, the LAFC two guys that also happen to have like a two-way contract or however they do it in Major League Soccer look and feel like they, you know, they don't look like, they don't seem out of place. Let's put it that way. Yeah, right, right. Okay, so next up we have the Galaxy. Um, hopefully the form continues for both teams and LAFC are able to continue their they're running the open cup and then we're off to CCL. Um, so we'll be back. We'll be back to talk about the galaxy match. Josh, anything else before we close out tonight? Oh, again, enjoy the win. LAFC fans, um, you know, enjoy the emergence of our homegrown talent because like I said, in, in JT, we trust at this point because you know, the man has seemed seemingly figured out a way to, to keep this thing humming. Yeah. The last thing I want to say is that, what it also show it's a proof of concept for the academy and Todd Saldana that they look like players that were designed to fit this team, right? And so even though you had a coach change with JT at the helm, like you mentioned, um, there's organizational alignment uh, across the first team, the second team, and the academy. And what they're proving is that they can take a kid that's 12, 13, 14, and turn them into what they need as long as you've got the raw skills, right? They can turn them into what they need eventually. Uh, and that is a great pattern for long-term success. Um, you can follow the show at counterpress underscore me at Kirk Kinsey, Josh. LAFC Josh on Twitter. All right. And we will talk to you all next time after the Galaxy match. Good night. Good night.